0: Hey everybody, welcome to the Bloody Awesome Movie Podcast. I'm John Burke, and with me, as always, from across the pond, the Kingsman to my Statesman, Matt Hudson from What I whatiwatchtonight.co.uk.
1: Matt, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing okay, JB, very well. I am um, I'm housebound at the minute, which uh, we'll, we'll kind of touch upon that uh, when we get to this film this week, but I got pinged by the NHS app that I've been in the same vicinity as somebody who may or may not have coronavirus doesn't mean I have so but um but in having that alert I have to self-isolate I can't leave my house for oh nine days it was at the time um so I've done a test I've sent that off expecting that to come back negative however yeah I am kind of just looking at the walls of this house at the minute and uh working from home and watching a few films as well Uh, but that aside though I feel uh hunky dory I feel a million dollars which is probably famous last words but no I'm I'm doing okay, man. I'm um putting the worlds to rights, and I'm assuming you are doing the same and keeping Florida well.
0: Yeah, you know, Florida is a different beast. We don't have the app. Uh, we we are several people are pretending there is nothing and things <laughs> like that. But you know, we're contact contact tracing at my school uh, the slowest way possible, which is um, I don't know. There's got to be a level of guesstimation of like, did this person come in contact with this person? Um, because we don't have an app that. You know, conveniently informs us that yes, yes, in fact, they were. So, you know, uh, we're hoping for the best. Um, you know, I have, I have a couple of family members uh, who are in the hospital that we're hoping are... are They seem to be on the mend, which is good, um, in the hospital with COVID. Uh, no one I've seen recently, but nevertheless, family members. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, it's all, it's all crazy out there in the world. And we're just trying to uh, give you, I guess, some little entertainment, something to escape... The, the reality that we find ourselves in while we talk about some films. Um, yeah. And we, we need a little bit of nostalgia right now, right? And that's... Oh, yeah. Uh, actually, listeners, because of Matt's situation, we are doing a different movie than we said we were going to be reviewing. However, I did manage to get to see the the movie we were going to do. We were going to be talking about The Night House, um, which I will just give... When we get to our media consumption, I'll give a brief review of that uh, since that's
1: what was promised, but oh. it was out of Matt's hands. Uh, Matt I had was tickets so to go broke. tonight. I did. I was going to finish straight from work because when I leave my my where I work, it's not the cinema cinema that I have my unlimited card to. But literally, I exit my work and twenty steps in front of me. And even that, fifteen steps is the is the local cinema, big old cinema. Um, so I was going to. I had it lined up. Finish work gives me half an hour to you know go 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 to get into the cinema freshen up and all that get myself some popcorn watch the night house and i would have been back probably about two hours before we'd even thought about recording this but um alas um not done i'm really bummed because i'm really really looking forward to seeing the film i'm still going to see it and i'm Mm -hmm. sure we can speak more in depth about it when i've seen it we probably will off air anyway but um yeah so apologies to everyone who's expecting the the night house um but i promise you when i can i will go and watch it and we'll discuss it further then but fortunately, Matt and I
0: happened to catch another release from this weekend. Uh, to Like, not together, because we live very far apart. <laughs> but um, One day. we both saw Reminiscence, the uh, new Lisa Joy film. And so that is going to be our feature review of this week. Again, apologies if you were here for The Night House. I will talk about it at media consumption. And um, instead, we're going to be talking about Reminiscence. So let's get to the stats. Uh, directed by Lisa Joy, written by Lisa Joy, um her debut feature film but she worked with westworld uh as a writer mm-hmm. um so that's where i think she got her her claim to fame so to speak because westworld was quite successful uh the film stars hugh jackman rebecca ferguson fandy newton i hope i am saying there's a yeah. w in that name which i did not foresee um
1: it's uh, it's something which she's only recently re- her, her actual name has the w in it she didn't use it for her entire ah. career but has now reinstated it to her given okay. name yeah
0: um, Cliff Curtis, who pops up in so many things, uh, yeah. Marina De Tavira and Daniel Wu. Um, the premise, the IMDb synopsis is Nick Bannister, a private investigator of the mind, uh, navigates the alluring world of the past when his life is changed by his new client, May. A simple case becomes an obsession after she disappears and he fights to learn the truth about her. Um, this movie's not getting a lot of buzz in a positive way. 38% Rotten Tomatoes 46 Metascore, 5.9 IMDb User Score, and we decided to add Letterbox to this whole shenanigans. A 2.6 out of 5 on mm. Letterboxd. Um, it's currently only playing in theaters and HBO Max here in the States, uh, which I believe you still don't have access to, right Matt? Just rub it in a bit more, Dom. Sorry, sir. Because <laughs> it is Kind of the best streaming service right now Because you're yep. getting theatrical releases Same day
1: so Give us four years and we'll have it We're getting all the other ones apart from HBO Max
0: But So I actually uh, saw this with a double feature On Sunday Not It was my double feature It wasn't like the theater's double feature But mm-hmm. I went and saw The the Protégé And then I stayed and saw Reminiscence with my, uh, my cousin Who okay. has been coming to the movies with me quite a bit Um I got to say, I am a big fan of noir. Like, I love that genre. Um, I don't know that I've caught one that I don't enjoy. Like, they they tend to work for me. I like the whole fatalistic kind of everything sucks. And uh, I I like the voiceovers in noir. It doesn't always work, but like a great example of a neo-noir that really works for me with the voiceover. And I don't think quite as much as the Blade Runner, the Mm. original Blade Runner. (laughs) A lot of people prefer the non-voiceover version, which I think is the final cut. Um, Yes. I I like the voiceover in that movie, yeah. especially I felt lost watching it without the voiceover. I think that was the first way I saw it. And I think the voiceover really fills in a lot of the gaps in that movie, which is a criticism many people would levy at movies it's that require a voiceover.
1: It changes but, the tone of the entire film, but that's a story for another time.
0: Yes. Now, I like that. Now, that's not to say that just because you have voiceover, it's good.
1: Yeah.
0: Um But I do like Hugh Jackman. I, I really like Rebecca Ferguson. Mm-hmm. Everything she keeps popping up in, she's usually terrific. I thought she was really good in this. Um, I thought Hugh Jackman was really good in this. I think the dialogue is kind of bad a lot of times. Um, there's some very cheesy lines. I thought Sandy Newton was really great uh, in her role, and I, I, I don't think this movie's great. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's even necessarily good, mm-hmm. but I still enjoyed it um, because it had a lot of things that I like about it, like. I, I often use food as an analogy for, yeah, for film man. criticism. And I would say this is like, you know, a $5 slice, not a $5 slice, a $5 pizza, like a whole pizza that you paid five bucks for. Mm-hmm. It's, it's satisfying. It tastes like pizza. It looks like pizza. It's pizza, but I know there's way better pizza out there. And I've definitely had better pizza, but at the end of the day, it's still pizza. And yeah. even, even mediocre pizzas better than a lot of other stuff so there was enough here that I enjoyed the film despite knowing that there was a lot that didn't matter. Like there's several scenes in this film that are inconsequential. They, the, the attempt at a mystery. And I have found this to be true with a lot of mysteries. A a lot of writers will write things that seem compelling in the sense like, Oh, this, we don't know who did this. We don't know who did this. And at the end they will just tell you, Mm-hmm. all of these things but they don't really line up it's not really a causal effect type detective story it's just like haha reveal it's like that's not that's not a mystery like knives out i felt like pretty solid mystery like there's there's clues there there's hints that could be solved by the audience while you're watching and they also then reveal it at the end like mm-hmm. just telling us that this is the way it is because that's the way it is isn't revealing anything there was no like I don't think you could fully piece together what this movie was trying to do because I don't think those pieces are there for you to solve. Uh, You know, you get what I'm saying? Like, and I think a lot of movies do that where they, they want, they want it to seem really, really smart, but at the end of the day, they're just telling you, this is what it was. Saw is the best at that. Like every saw movie. They just, at the end, like, this is what really happens. Like you didn't show any of that. Just made that up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. you, You didn't earn that, that reveal. You just told us that's the thing. Um, and you, you fabricate things that just don't make sense. And that's this movie kind of in a nutshell, a lot of it doesn't add up, but there's some really cool visuals. Uh, the, the idea of Miami being underwater is horrifying, Mm -hmm. but also really cool to see like visually, like the way it's, it's shown and like, there's a long train ride and every time they cut to the exterior shots of the train on the water, it's, it's gorgeous um, and it looks pretty good, and some of the set doesn't look great, and, you know, mm-hmm. whatever, but, I, overall, I was engaged, uh, I man, Hugh Jackman is just so good, like, I, I don't even know if he was buying his character, but I just like him, He's, I find him so easy to watch, that I was, I was fine, like, there were moments where I was like, shaking my head at this movie, I'm just like, oh god, really? But I still had no issue engaging with it, and so, Again, like, uh, the 2.6 is maybe a little harsh, but I wouldn't go much more than that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, yeah. I, it's it's a average movie, and uh, but again, I enjoyed it more than I didn't, so I I, I wasn't too bad off on it. What, what were your thoughts, Matt? Sur-
1: um, surprisingly not too uh, far from yours, actually, uh, and I agree with what you say about the the structure of this film or more more the ideas within the, th- the themes or the ideas i think lisa joy has a very good idea for this film because i had to have a look to make sure that it wasn't based upon an existing book or anything mm. like that and by the looks of it it isn't um so i think it's a good story it's a good idea you know the idea of um being a mind detective and uh, everything yeah. that couldn't which they do kind of go into in this and of course as the synopsis says Hugh jackman's character nick obviously it has to use these memories to uh, piece together something again, non-spoiler on the BAMP, this one anyway. Um, but when I was watching it, I thought at times, I "Thought this has got a very Nolan feel to it. You know, this, this is stinks of Nolan, like Chris Nolan. Uh, and it turns out looking at the uh, Wikipedia that uh, Lisa Joy is married to Jonathan Nolan, who also produces this. Um, so there is a Nolan uh, input on this film nolan family input and i really did feel that uh i've seen it being compared mm. to inception and i don't think it's quite at that level um but yeah. it was the visuals the idea the kind of mind detective it just felt like kind of contemporary nolan film um so at least i got that kind of right um performances are good like you said i think hugh jackman hugh jackman i think is always good even if the film around him isn't great i always yeah. i do generally think hugh jackman is a he's a actor of high caliber caliber Rebecca Ferguson too. I really think she's good. And I think she's got such good range as an actress as well. She, she, she isn't just stuck to playing dramas. You know, when she was in something like Dr. Sleep recently, she's having a great time in Dr. Sleep and she was believable and authentic in a role like that as Rose the hat. Um, but she can be evil. She can be the seductress. She can be seemingly whatever. And I don't think she gets enough credit for that. Tandy Newton, yeah, Cliff, Cliff, Cliff Curtis is in everything, but I think he was the only Kiwi New Zealander not to be in any of the Lord of the Rings films. Uh, so that's Cliff Curtis's other claim to fame. But uh, um, yeah, the, visually, I thought the film looked interesting. Like the idea of this kind of neo-noir, not quite, it isn't cyberpunk but there is certainly is like a 1% vibe of cyberpunk in certain ep- scenes. The, um, the noir-esque setting is always intriguing to me. Like you, I, I'm a big fan of the noir genre genre. And I do like a voiceover as well. I, I do like a voiceover. I don't want it to be too exposition heavy. Uh, yeah. and the one in the Blade Runner again, it's for me, it changes the entire, entire feel of that film. Um, but I'll save my thoughts on that for another day. um, <laughs> Yeah, but for, and going back to reminiscence, I think Hugh Jackman's voiceover worked well. I think it kind of helped to kind of move the story along. It didn't slow things down. The film, the film, it does meander slightly. It's about just under two hours long. It hasn't got the it isn't the fastest paced film. We will never really find a noir film that is you know lightning speed. Yeah. They they take their time, and this is no different. So I don't want to use that as a stick to beat the film with. But the main stick I will beat it with is. I never really felt anything whilst I was watching it. I never really cared for the characters. Nick, Mm. I liked Nick simply because it was Hugh Jackman as a character. I don't think he was the easiest to attach himself to. Again, a lot of those noir detectives are, aren't the most likable, if you will. You don't really gravitate to them because they're nice guys. Um, But I didn't find Nick's character to be all that interesting. Um, uh, And same for, I found May to be more interesting just because of the mystery they tried to build up. But other than that, yeah, there was nothing really to cling on to in terms of the characters for me. The story was a bit muddled. It was a bit all over the place. By the time I got to the end, um, I, I I didn't feel like the emotion they went for. It didn't work for me. I could see what they were going for, and like you say, it didn't feel like the steps weren't there to build up to that for me. It was. It kind of here's the beginning. Then we'll put this in in the end, you know, piece, piece the bits together. Then we've got this big ending where you've got to start feeling really emotionally attached. and it just didn't really work for me. Um, I, th- I thought it was a bit... I-, I didn't think it was great, to be honest. As for the film, uh, I think the pizza na- analogy might be right. I love me a pizza. I love me a donut, but there are some donuts I enjoy more. Uh, I do mm-hmm. think you pay, you get what you pay for. But the pizza analogy is right. Oh, give me a $5, £5 pizza. Uh, and i will I'll enjoy that every day of the week, but I sometimes feel a bit heavy afterwards and a bit dozy, yeah, and I will yes. say I'm not gonna lie during my screening i well, maybe because I just finished work but i i- well, I didn't fall asleep, but I was getting kind of heavy lidded as I was, this isn't this is not getting my attention in a noir film mystery noir thriller film sci fi neo noir thriller with hugh jackman rebecca ferguson um a talent like Lisa Joy um, helming this is being compared in terms of thematically, start, uh, narratively to like the Maltese Falcon and things like that. I thought yeah. this should be this. This is this is right up my street, and I know it's right up your street, but it just didn't grab me, man. And I'm and I'm looking at the figures it currently gross four million dollars against a one hundred ten million break even point. It's, it's the worst debut of all time for a film playing over 3000 theaters. This film has absolutely Mm. sunk like a trace. And I guess it's on HBO. So it will get, it will have legs on there. We're in a pandemic, but nobody's rushing out to see this man. I mean,
0: there's a lot of reasons I think for that. I, I, but going to the comment about the characters, the only character that I actually was like, I really wanted to know more about. And I was kind of, I, I think I did have an emotional attachment to was Watts, the Anthony Newton's character. Um, and they, they gave her a lot to, like, she's got the alcohol problem. She's got the – there's a reveal. It's not. I don't think it's a spoiler, but, like, we we learned she gave something up. I'll say that, that she regrets. And then um, with, they have history that I, I wanted to know more about, and they never really got into. Like, they kept alluding to the history, and, like, they say things, but it was never really, like, important. It's, mm-hmm. So much of this movie is, like, there's stuff out there, and in theory it's connected, but they don't really – ever feel like there's weight to any of it, right? It all feels superficial and show dressing and not really meaning. And Watts, I think it might be the performance she gives too that really adds the emotion. Like in her eyes, like she looks so... And that's not a criticism to Jackman or Ferguson, who I both think did a lot, but their characters had less going for it. Like May's big thing, I kept waiting for like the real, real big reveal of like what the motivation of May's character was. And it's never really it's not given and yeah. or the one that we get is not very satisfying as a reason which i think in noir films that is a trope you know we think there's something more but there just isn't right like it, we we want it to be this big like universal you know ground shattering moment where you're like oh my god and it's just not it's just some people are bad and they suck and that's that is kind of a you know the themes of noir it's like no people are generally bad and they do bad things and and everything sucks and nothing really matters nothing we do is going to change anything like that's the noir tone and so i if you look at it with that lens i think it's it kind of forgives the bad elements of the writing because it's like yeah yeah but nothing does matter it's like oh yeah that's right that's right that's a fair point yeah, nothing matters, and it really doesn't matter why she did it or why he does this or what's motivating him. Because at the end of the day, the world's going to burn, in, you know, from uh, global warming. So whatever. That's a real uh, thing, Ehrlich, global warming. By the way, yes, yes, it's not just a fictional thing in this movie. Um, Ehrlich, uh, I was reading his review on Letterboxd, and mm-hmm. um, you know, I know uh, we we don't always see eye to eye with him as terms of his takes on films but i generally love the way he expresses his takes oh he's a fabulous uh, author, yeah yeah um but he uh he referred to this as uh blade runner meets Waterworld, which i thought was an interesting um <laughs> kind of comparison and uh accurate because it definitely has blade runner vibes it, just the the sheen of the movie like the look of it has a lot of blade runner um pulls in my opinion obviously it's a little more grounded in Near future, it feels a lot closer to now yeah, than Blade Runner. It's did.
1: less rainy as well.
0: <laughs> yes, well, it's but it's wet. It's just different wet, right? Like yes, it's, it's ocean wet.
1: It's surrounded um, by, yeah,
0: yeah. You're on top of instead of of you know <laughs> falling on you. But, um, but yeah, that's I think all we have to say about Reminiscence. So.
1: Um, yeah, it was. I mean, I I'd, I heard that people weren't really excited about it going in, but like I mentioned, all the ingredients that created this film. I, I that for me was you know almost perfect almost so i i went in ah. thinking well maybe it's just not working for other people because maybe they just don't like noir or something but it didn't yeah. work for me either I, i'm not, it, it just i found it disappointing and it and uh, it was a thriller that wasn't thrilling and it wasn't quite deadly boring but it just didn't grab me man
0: well that is it for our review of uh reminiscence we'll move on to our next segment which is chuffed headlines chuffed. this is movie or pop culture news that caught our attention and I knew because I was late <laughs> getting to this that you were going to take the one that's the most obvious well, I almost uh, took not, the,
1: one, the other one as well
0: well and the only reason I even have mine is because of you so there you <laughs> go uh, uh, you basically provided me with the one since you gave you took the one that I was going to go search for yep. um, so Matt what's your headline for the week
1: uh, right in my headline for the week is the um, it is the obvious news. The Spider Man No Way Home trailer has finally appeared online. Not the you know the sixteen p phone on a phone on a phone recording that leaked, which I didn't actually see uh, because Me I don't either. I don't you know I don't uh, what's the word search out that kind of content. You know if 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 the entire trailer was out in HD fine I watch it. Um, but not some kind of, you know, lame potato recording. Yeah. Um,
0: also, I, I've been burned by, uh, quote unquote leaked stuff that yeah. was actually like fan made things or whatever. And so I was just like, yeah, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to watch it. I'm not going to get my hopes up for anything. I will wait until Marvel says it's time.
1: Yep. Yeah. No, I agree, mate. So, uh, as soon as I, re- I woke up in the morning on yesterday, I believe it was. And the trailer had dropped overnight, the official trailer, Sony and Marvel dropped it. Um I guess mild spoilers for the film in terms of you know who shows up, but it is public knowledge and the fact that actually we've mentioned it on this show as part of the headline. So um as a trailer, it's been look everyone's so many people have been saying quite annoyingly, release the trailer, give us the trailer, which I really <laughs> hate and as a strong one, I hate it when I look I tried to go to read the comments and it's just people saying, Release the trailer, give us the trailer. Just we don't even know because we don't even need a trailer for, for the new Spider-Man film. Uh, it, yeah, it, with all the hype that's generated by the rumours, anyway. That's and as hype as it is, and you know what I think about the last films. I wasn't as hot on Homecoming. Didn't mind Far From Home, so I wasn't mad about No Way Home. Oh, I was going to watch it, but I wasn't you know I wasn't sitting there thinking I've got to watch this I got I can't wait but then you hear the who may be in it and, and what it might be about and suddenly I'm thinking okay well now I'm interested and then and this trailer's dropped and for a teaser trailer which is what it is as a teaser I think this was a very successful teaser trailer um and not it's, just it's for a pretty long teaser trailer it, it? I mean it's like it's 2 and a, 2 and a bit half minutes long so it is yeah. a um it is a stretch to call it a teaser trailer but um I think the what the the main but the main moments where I got excited aside, I think it was nice for them to explain that, you know, this is what's this is. It's following directly on from the revelation of the end of far from home. We are touching upon that. Here's how they get out of it. Dr. Strange is there. Um, and what he does to, uh, try and rid the world of the knowledge that Peter Parker is Spider-Man is, is dangerous and is uh, ill-advised, but that is Stephen Strange all over. Um, but then we get to you know some of the returning characters, the voices we hear, the people who turn up. Man, I heard, I I saw that little green ball and, and rolling through the streets. I thought, oh man, here we go, here we go. Then I heard the voice, which apparently isn't It might be uh, another character. Um, and then, and then we get the cameo at the end. Then we get Alfred Molina steps out of the shadows, de-aged. Hello, Peter. Yeah. And I thought. Oh yes, it wasn't it wasn't to the level of Chewy. We're home, but as a certified Raimi trilogy fanboy, damn, I was in on that moment, man. But I will say that the stuff outside of the returning characters, which is the and I'm excited. As <laughs> be fair, I, I, you know, I liked the, the the setup. I liked seeing Tom Holland and Benedict Cumberbatch, you know, uh, facing off against each other again. So I'm looking forward to seeing how the continuation of far from home for Peter's story, but I'm not going to lie, man. I am in for the the characters who are coming in and for the ones who I now believe are locked in to be coming back. They haven't been confirmed. You know what I'm talking about uh, our, our guys but i think i don't think peter's going to be the only spidey swinging into this film again no 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 confirmation no guarantee of that but i'm now so certain now that those others are coming back but i like this teaser was it worth the wait i don't know i wasn't one of the ones asking for the trailer but i think it was a good trailer it got me excited for the film um and they're going to release another one in probably late october early november anyway so we'll get more but i enjoyed this you though my friend have been a, a, a more up shall we say on the new Spidey film so what are you
0: thinking that's the irony um I am I love Holland Holland is my Spider-Man of choice um I I have I have soured more and more on the Raimi Spider-Mans over the years um I was definitely burned by the third one and I I watched the third one too many times like i don't even know like it would be on hbo and i would just watch it and i would be upset watching it like i would be like this is so bad i'm like why am i still i couldn't stop it it was like looking (laughs) in the sun you know and um i i have not watched spider-man 2 in a long time but i have long taken the stance that it's not the best superhero film that so many people claim it is (sighs) so i know and i i know i'm on the outside and the thing is, I watched this trailer last night, a group chat, um, earlier, before they released the official, said, like, have you guys seen the, and I'm like, no, I'm not going to watch it until the official comes out, because I don't, I feel like, I feel like it's, I don't want to promote leaking stuff. I think it's wrong to leak the, the content. Like, let it happen when it's supposed to happen. Leaks bother me. So I, I generally avoid leaked stuff anyways, but um, there were a couple people in the chat that were really excited. I was already, like, a little like uh man i'm not i'm not i'm not feeling them like i feel like this is another example of studios taking the wrong lesson mm-hmm. i love into the spider verse it's one of my favorite Time. movies in the last couple of years i don't want them to do it live action because the first one the animated one was great you know what i'm saying like yeah. i feel like that's why we're getting this and i don't want that because that is the studio's doing the wrong thing. It's like, oh, you like this, so we'll just shove more of it down your throat. And it's. Do you like, not
1: think it's tying into ob- obviously what's happening in Loki and what they're tra- how they're trying to set up the MCU in the so future, though? In Feige,
0: I trust. Of course, I do. I, I have a lot of. I'm excited for the multiverse. I, I, but you can do multiverse without making me watch the stuff that I already am like on the like. Okay. I know you're a Ramy fanboy.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Nobody, nobody is a Mark Webb fanboy, right? Nobody <laughs> is calling for the amazing Spider-Man one and two. Like nobody. Oh, I
1: know. Is. And
0: we have Jamie Foxx, a uh, confirmed electro. And my understanding is we're going to get a, a new, like not the version of electro from the movie. Then, then I have to ask, why are you getting Jamie Foxx? No mm-hmm. offense to Jamie Foxx. It's not his fault that that character is badly written in the amazing Spider-Man two but if we're not like it's already confusing for a lot of people when they cast jay jonah jameson as i'm sorry wow that's how important yeah, yeah, Jake exactly is. man it, I, and i agree with that i agree but it was it was already like people were starting to be like wait what now people are really gonna have that thing and i i am a fan of of uh melina anyways yeah. i think he looks like doc ock i i do like i think when i think of comic doc ock and i look at him i'm like yeah they nailed it that's great casting yeah. it just and costume honestly he looks more like doc ock from the comics in the this trailer than he ever did in <laughs> spider-man 2
1: and the fact that he's a very good actor just makes it even sweeter yes.
0: and i love that he's excited for it it's not even them that's upsetting me i think it is the 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 reaction to people, I and Matt, I'm going to throw you under the bus here, no. people like you, who are in denial that Holland is not the best Spider-Man. Holland How is hands you. down the best Spider-Man. McGuire is not a good actor. Take There's so back. many memes where he's <laughs> awful. Um, like he held that train together like with Chris. that face. That was tough to do. By comparison, Holland is a much better actor. So even when we watch Cherry, right?
1: Cherry is not a good movie. Oh God, no! But Holland's good in it. Oh, he's a he's a very good actor. No, I'm. Yeah, uh, I mean, I've from what I've seen, Toby in uh, going okay, all about to Pleasantville where he's so very good in that. And he's he's yes, also going to be in, um, Chazelle's Babylon and that Toby Maguire is coming back as well in films, a bit like Brendan Fraser. It's kind of like, it's weird. It's like a multiverse yeah. where all these actors are coming back. But in terms of acting ability, I mean, I'd even throw out a potentially put Andrew Garfield at the top of this list. Um, but yeah, and of- I like Garfield. I think he's a good actor. I, but- I think he's a good actor. Tom Holland looks the most like your Peter Parker because he genuinely looks like a ten-year-old yes. boy. But um, yep. man, it's 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 hard to rip myself away from those uh, early naughties vibes, man. But um, I'm not going to argue with him, my friend. We uh, no. this is what film and, fans do.
0: And of course, we have we have Ramy coming to the MCU with with yes. the multiverse of madness, right? The, the Doctor yeah, Strange man. movie. So the fact that Strange is so prominent in this also feels a little telling. I don't know. I I'm, I'm like, I'm like the two people in the old school Reese's commercial where they're upset initially about the chocolate in my peanut butter and vice <laughs> versa. But maybe in the end, I'm going to have a great Reese's cup. Cause I am a big fan of the Reese's cup. Good so, man. you know, maybe I will be completely fine with this. I think a lot of my reaction is I, I don't usually play the role of the contrarian every once in a while. I will latch my teeth into something that I don't like the way people are reacting to it. Like Joker is a great example of where I really was like the full contrarian where I dislike that movie more now because of how much other people love it. And I don't usually take that stance, but it's, there's certain things where I will like, okay, this is a hill I'm going to die on. And I think this is going to be one of those. If they bring in McGuire, if they bring in Garfield, I think I'm going to be more annoyed than happy. And I don't want to be, I genuinely didn't think I would feel that way. But after the trailer, I was irritated after the trailer last night. And (laughs) it was more because of how excited other people were. And I didn't have that same excitement. And I love Doctor Strange. I am a big, I I think Cumberbatch's Doctor Strange is really cool. Yes, he's Tony Stark 2.0. But, and he's, and him filling that role in this movie only makes that more prominent that he's Stark 2.0. But I like that. Like, I'm not upset at that. I, I don't know. I, and I love Willem Dafoe. I didn't like the costuming of Green Goblin in, in Raimi's Spider-Man, like the whole metal suit thing. And not mm-hmm. like, to be fair, the the costuming of the Green Goblin character is always pretty kind of sketchy, right? Like whether he's got the purple elf hat or he's the metal man from the movie, like it's not the best costume, but he's a cool villain. Yeah. yeah. And Dafoe is great in that role for sure. But it's like, if we're going to do a sinister six, which is what this movie seems to be alluding to, like one, we better have Michael Keaton back as Vulture because they set that up in the first movie. I want him back as Vulture. You know, they set up the Scorpion in the first movie and then they totally dropped it in the second movie. They actually have a scene they cut out where you don't see the Scorpion, but the the guy is mentioned in the first movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, I don't know. I, I would and I would rather have someone else playing Electro than bring Jamie Foxx back is again curse movie, right? And Amazing Spider Man 2 is bad. Like there's no
1: it's no one's not quite as good as some of the others.
0: Come on, that's being very kind. No <laughs> one's advocating that movie is good. And more, like what I haven't heard the the speculation about the goblin. Are we say are they implying that it might be uh um like the son? What's his name? I can't think of it. James Franco's uh, like, nope.
1: take on it? Uh, no, no, it's Willem Dafoe. That's just, again. No, oh. That's not confirmed. So there's no, there's no spoilers there. Yeah, it, the, the, it's Willem Dafoe and the suits uh, I've heard is going to be a little bit different and it's going to look a little bit better this time around.
0: Cool. I it's mean, going to yeah, be more so comic accurate with the purple. Uh, that's interesting. Um, anywho, that's the Spider-Man No Way Home uh, trailer drop. Matt is a little more hyped about it. or you're hyped about it for different things. I was hyped about the uh the Doctor Strange and
1: I also <laughs> hyped about it for all the reasons you are. which is great. And
0: and vice versa. I am yeah, hyped I about the parts that you were not And I partly because um if I'm not mistaken in the comics uh it was at post civil war um that Parker had outed himself because he went with the uh, the Stark side and he mm-hmm. he revealed that he was Peter Parker. His life was hell and Doctor Strange got it was either Doctor Strange or Wanda got rid of everyone knowing Parker's name. Like they they forgot. forgot. And I don't, so I I knew that was probably what they were going to do here. And so seeing that I was like, Oh cool. That is the route they're going. Yeah, It's obviously altered. It's not a direct one for one with the comic because things are very different than the comic, but um, it is, they, you know, they're using something that I foresaw, but now it's like, uh, but are we also doing spider verse? I don't know if you have to do both. Like, I feel like you could have gone one way.
1: It does feel Um, like a departure from, the first two films were very much Peter and his school friends um, getting into sc- getting into scrap space, pretty much. Peter having to learn about his powers, but it still felt very insular. It still felt very much like it was just this little gang against a villain in this area. Whereas this now seems like it's taken it; it has suddenly expanded. And if Toby and Andrew show up, um, Jamie Fox's character. Uh, Doc Ock, Green Goblin, the Lizard, Sandman, um all these people who are supposedly in it because of the trailer. I mean, they, look, they could only be in it for for combined two minutes. It, it may be one quick scene, but the trailer now seems to show it may not be. But, you know, they may not have too much say in the story, but they, they, that overshadows the Spider-Man-ness of the film. And that is kind of been my biggest issue with the spider-man men films the first one especially and possibly this one now where it doesn't feel like spider-man's story the first one felt very much like and i know they had to build it up for the relationship for the whole um i don't feel so good moment of that but you know tony stark was all over the um homecoming all over that um yeah this this one people if these everyone's going to be in it that may be what people take come away from not everyone but they may be like oh how cool is it to see everyone back again which kind of takes away from spider-man and his own story a bit like the whole hobbit syndrome it may not be the case but um yeah man nostalgia got me good and proper here but you know i'm sick of talking about nostalgia now so um, let's move on
0: oh uh so before we get away from nostalgia um let's talk about <laughs> ghostbusters uh <laughs> Ghostbusters Afterlife got screened at what? Which con was it?
1: Uh, CinemaCon.
0: CinemaCon. Um, man, I wish I could go to CinemaCon. That sounds like my kind of con, yeah, man. Um, uh, which it's not coming out till November,
1: right? Uh, November the eleventh, I think.
0: So this is a really early screening. So I'm, I was, I'm a little disappointed. I kind of, I feel like it's too soon. Um, but uh, the uh, those first audience to get to see this new Ghostbusters movie, a bunch of tweets came out um afterwards. And the buzz is super positive, And yes. I could not be more hyped because the thing is for me, I kind of expect to love this no matter what anybody else thinks, mm-hmm, because time. it is so much of my wheelhouse. Um, I am a Paul Rudd Stan. I don't know the man <laughs> has ever done anything. I don't love. Um, I love the go. I am a fan of ghostbusters too. Something many Same? other people aren't. Um, I, I have so much fandom for this franchise and as much as I talk about the blank check podcast, my one big dispute with them is they constantly talk trash about the ghostbusters. And in this particular movie, they've been like, this is going to be a, a miss. And I'm just like, what is wrong with you guys? Come this on, is guys. crazy. And I don't know what it is that they don't love about this franchise, but I am a go I, like, I actually, I think they've even gone as far as say they don't like ghostbusters doesn't have a fandom. And I'm like, I am that fandom, like, <laughs> I have always loved this movie. And so seeing so much praise being levied at the new movie. Some even claiming it's better than the first two.
1: Some, some saying it's better than the first, which is that that's a that's a bar, which I'm not sure any Ghostbusters film can hit, but I'm up for them trying. And more, how many sequels do we ever feel comfortable saying that about, especially Mm -hmm. not
0: planned, you know, trilogies like this wasn't when they wrote the first movie, this wasn't like, okay, we'll wait 30 years and we'll make another one. Like that was never the agenda. Um, and also a lot of people kind of hate on Jason Reitman and I've been a fan of most, I don't love mm-hmm. all of his movies, but I like, like, I love Juno. I love yeah. Tully. I'm a big fan of, uh, the middle one with Charlie Theron that I can't think of uh, something adults, adults only. I don't remember what it's called, but Never. he worked with, uh, the same writer from the other two movies there. Like Reitman's been up and down his career, but I, I like him more than I don't. I'm super pumped, dude. I can't wait. I can't, I wish it was coming out now. I I hate that. I have to wait till November after hearing all this buzz, but um, I'm, I'm so pumped. And it sounds like you're right there with me,
1: dude. I have been since it was released. I know that I know the last ghostbusters film five years ago, got some flack. I didn't hate that film, Um, but to know that we're getting a a direct sequel to this, the ghostbusters two. And of course the first film as well. It's exciting to know that we can get, you know what's left of the old guard. Back, we know Harold Ramis is going to get. He's going to get top billing in this film. Even even if he's not physically there, he's he's going to get the respect and he's going to get honoured throughout. Which is which is going to be emotional for for those of us who grew up playing with the Ghostbusters toys and watching the uh, the real Ghostbusters animated series and um, uh, and playing with the proton packs in the back garden or with, with your friends. I'm up for, I like you. There's not that it's It would have to do an awful lot for me not to like this film. I'll get yeah. you and I, we, we will always be honest. If we don't like it, we will come out and say, do you know what? <laughs> that wasn't really good. Yes. However, it would have to be, I think it would have to be a real dud. and seeing these uh, quotes. I mean, could some of them be just the excitement of having come out possibly, but I'd rather them be be overexcited than, on the fence or negative. I'd rather people come out saying this is better than Ghostbusters, the, ori- the original one, than have them say, I don't know, it's probably the it's probably the weakest of the trilogy. I'd you know, I'd rather hyperbole than anything else. So, um, I'm excited to see this. I'm glad that people are coming out enjoying it. Some people saying that new fans may not get it as as much as the old fans, um, which in terms of uh, the mass appeal could be fairly damaging to the box office. But I've but I've heard a lot of people say that the new cast are great alongside the uh, returning characters. So that's got me intrigued as well. That it's not just it's not just a big old nostalgia fest. They've balanced it really well, and I think even though I've just sat there and said I can't wait for Spider Man No Way Home because I just want to see the old characters, I am so glad to hear that Ghostbusters Afterlife isn't just kind of a victory lap and a nostalgia fest. And it's you know I, d- I didn't I wouldn't want to see that take over a good story so i'm glad to see that they potentially managed to balance out a new story and nostalgia um as well but yeah i mean as soon as i heard it had been screened at CinemaCon, uh then i i was my ease perked up because i thought well surely that's a good thing you know if sony are willing to drop this two and a half months out from release then they must you know, they must be fine with people seeing it they must yeah. be fine with people putting out the buzz uh, they must be confident, so that's also what I took from it. Again, the film might yeah. be bad, but which
0: don't bro, I was just gonna say. While we, while we're sitting here talking, I'm scrolling through headlines, and it looks like they're gonna be pushing Venom Two back to January.
1: Man, that's a, a Sony Sony release as well. Yeah, and
0: they didn't show any footage at CinemaCon. So, like what you're saying mm. is they they had the confidence to show Ghostbusters Afterlife. And then now it looks like they're, they di- the claim is they didn't show anything because they were already planning on pushing it back. But I think those two things go together. Like they didn't show it probably cause they're like, uh, this needs a little more work yeah. sending it to January. Um, so, uh, it's that's not surprising. Of yeah. I guess maybe the trailer didn't do it for people. I, I thought the trailer for venom Two looked solid enough. I was it's ready to go watch it in October. I don't, I didn't think the first one was great. I just thought Tom Hardy was really it was funny. Fun, and wasn't I, it? Yeah. Yeah. So I was, I was up for the second one. I was just hoping maybe they, they tightened it up a little bit. So it wasn't only the Tom Hardy show. Yeah. Uh, a yeah, good shout. Yeah. But, um, and no offense, I thought that part of the movie was excellent. Um, you've got but, Michelle
1: Williams in your film user, even if it's a film about a film called venom, you yeah. use Michelle Williams. And they brought her back. I couldn't believe like they, <laughs> they were able to get her a second time. Yeah. He must have had a great time on it, so. But yeah, man, they didn't show anything from Venom, but they were happy to put Ghostbusters out. So that is, yeah, my takeaway. People enjoying it, which is, which is great. Obviously, we we let's take it with a pinch of salt, like you should do with all reviews. However, I'm I'm, I'm going to get excited, uh, and they were happy enough to show it two months out from release, which that you, you, everyone's heard the stories about embargoes the, the day before the film comes out on this set and the other. So. This is this, surely this can only be good news, and the only the only negative thing is we've got to wait five weeks or two two and two and a half months, man, before we can actually sit yeah. down and watch this film, having heard these.
0: Yeah, it's it's a very long time, but I am excited. So we will end our headlines there, and we will look at what media we have been able to consume in our next segment: media consumption. These are movies, TV, video games, music, podcasts, etc., that we use to pass the time between our recordings. Uh, Matt's going to start us off this week. What have you been doing to uh,
1: pass your time? Or other words, what have you been consuming? Uh, I've been consuming. uh, I will listen to Nightmare and Film Street podcast. Uh, It's, as I mentioned, fortnightly. So I usually, when I go to pick up the young Padawan, uh, I usually have it in my, I usually listen to it in the car. So it's become like once every fortnight, every other week I get to listen to it in the car. Uh, And it's always good fun. This week they were talking about Final Destination and Snakes on a Plane. It's got the tenuous link of airplanes there. Um, and it's good. And, I, and it, it made me want to watch both films again, which is what a good podcast should do. Um, it also made me realise that Final Destination was a really good film. certainly the yeah. premise of it as well. I mean, yeah, they're, they're, obviously the sequels went big and bold and silly, but apart from the last one, apparently. But um, Final Destination's a great idea. And Snakes on a Plane, they made me kind of realise that, yeah, it, it wasn't just a joke film. They really did try with that film. They really did try to make this kind of odd, kind of strange stuff, action thriller on a plane with snakes. Um, and maybe I need to rewatch it again, which I will do. So in the next few weeks, I will rewatch Snakes in a Plane. But um, that's me and my horror movie podcasts this week. I don't think I've listened to any more. I've been listening to the Rotten Tomatoes is Wrong podcast. I'm not sure if I mentioned that last week or not. But uh, mm. I've been listening to that. Uh, where they take a film which has a rotten on rt or a very low fresh rating and they and they basically ask you know and it, it, this is rotten tomatoes official podcast they run it yes uh, and they're asking you know are they wrong about it and they'll get somebody on to talk about it and it's quite it, you know it's, it's it's a good uh it's good for an hour or so um and they sometimes agree and sometimes don't agree but y- y- you live and die by the by the hosts and they do a very good job over there um, in terms of, I haven't watched any TV this week. Uh, I've been off the small screen, but I have watched a few things on the bigger screen um, and the smaller screen via via um, helpful um, agents. So I have watched Don't Breathe Two. Again, no spoilers here. They're all new films. I watched Don't Breathe Two. The only spoiler I'll give is I think this is the worst film I've seen all year. Um, oh man! I'm I glad g- I've skipped it. <laughs> I genuinely didn't like this film. It's it's just a dirty film and i mean it's just a grim grotty depressing miserable crappy film <laughs> basically it re- it is the uh, ultimate pointless sequel It's n- i didn't like one bit of it not one bit um apart from the end credits that old joke but don't breathe too. i really did didn't enjoy this whatsoever so thank god it was only 90 minutes um i watched snake eyes g.i. joe G- 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 origins um Again, going into that knowing that a lot of people thought it wasn't really very good, um, I didn't mind it. It was it was a perfectly serviceable film. Uh, uh, you know, what else to say about it? There's some good action scenes in it, but it it wasn't the most exciting film. It was I think Henry Golding was good in the ma- in the main role, but some of the acting w- was left to be desired, and it wasn't the most exciting film. Again, you know they they w- really went for this kind of heavy dramatic origin story when a lot of the better moments of the film were the action set pieces. Um, So I think it was tonally a bit off, but I didn't hate snake eyes. Uh, I watched naked singularity, the new chase Palmer film, John Boyega, Olivia cook, Bill Skarsgård amongst many others. Fabulous cast. Another film, which is getting absolutely slammed. Certainly on RT. I think it's about 30%. And I, I quite enjoyed naked singularity. Again, not a brilliant film. I think it gets very muddled in which tone it wants to be. I, I couldn't tell if it wanted to be a drama, a comedy, a thriller, a sci-fi film. But the chemistry between the cast and the moments that were good made this film pretty enjoyable for me, actually. It, uh, you know, it's not, I think a lot of people are going to mm. just crap on it. But I thought it was pretty good. I thought it was a pretty enjoyable film. So Naked Singularity. Uh, and if I watched a film that you saw last week, um, all about uh pigs or in this case pig the nick cage film pig nick cage alex wolf and i know that you gave it a glowing review as have other people um Mm -hmm. and i went i did worry that it was going to be a a film about a john wick-esque film about nick cage going mad trying to get his pig back and i was pleasantly surprised where it wasn't anything like that at all it's a lot it was a lot more it was a it was slower film than I expected, and I mean, like yeah, physically right. slower. And it was really, really very good film. A film yeah. called "A uh, uh, Pig" was great, and you know, Nick Cage is a movie making machine. Recently, he just puts films out every month, but I think "Pig" is surprisingly really, really solid. I, in fact, it was one of the better films I've seen in recent months. Nick Cage is great. Uh, I remember you saying Alex Wolf was great, and he is um, mm-hmm. That's the as the kind of the truffle rep, sales rep. Um, and where we end up I think is very good of course there are some jumps in logic throughout but I think Pig was really 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 good film and I if anyone hasn't seen it but they've heard about how good it is go check it out I think you'll be pleasantly surprised I really enjoyed Pig it's probably the best film I've seen uh, in the lineup of these films and uh, Reminiscence as well so um, so yeah Don't Breeze 2 one of the worst films I've seen the worst film I've seen this year and then the yeah. rest were they range from fine to pretty good, and then there was pig, which is very good. So that was my week in consumption. What about yourself, my friend?
0: Well, so uh, blank check podcast, which is my weekly you know podcast, I listen yep. to. Uh, uh, we got the Halloween episode, the 1978 John Carpenter film. Remember, we're doing the John Carpenter series right now. Um, they got um, Alex Ross Perry, the director mm-hmm. and writer to be on the episode um he's done the show several times he's he's clearly very good friends with the guys at this point um in fact griffin and him went to a guns N' roses concert recently but uh mm-hmm. alex came with um with the intent to school the guys on horror a bit and he i there's a letterbox list um i think i sent you that uh, someone else compiled that alex discusses these like movies from 68 to 78 mm-hmm. that you need to watch to fully understand the context of how Halloween is able to happen the way it does, like the setup of the the genre and what's going on in the world. Yeah. And um, so I'm kind of working my way through that. I actually bought a few of the movies uh, there, but they're also um, on the Patreon blank check. They're doing commentary on the Riddick trilogy. And I love pitch black been a huge, huge, I I saw that in theaters by coincidence. I really, really liked it then. I'm still a big fan of it. I like Chronicles of Riddick. I don't think it's perfect, but I like that character enough that I enjoyed watching the movie. Mm -hmm. Despite it's kind of weird, like world building and stuff. Um, So here's where I get frustrated, dude. I've never seen Riddick. That's the only one I haven't seen. And that's going to be like in two weeks, that'll be the the commentary episode. Mm -hmm. So I decide I need to buy it because I need to watch it. I want to watch it before I hear the commentary. So I, I bought it this weekend for five bucks. And while I was there, I was like, I don't own Chronicles of Riddick digitally. I'll go ahead and snag that too. Seven bucks on sale. Okay. Good deal, right? Twelve okay. bucks for the two movies. Today, today, Voodoo drops the bundle, <laughs> all three movies, unrated director cuts for seven bucks. Oh, man all freaking three How of them was for your seven dollars and i'm like are you kidding i bought them on sunday like if i'd waited three days i could have saved seven dollar or five dollars and i'm just like and i would have got i don't think i own pitch black so now i'm like am i gonna buy it anyways just so i can have pitch black like i'm so frustrated that <laughs> this happened ne- i've never seen it that that's a huge three movies for seven bucks on voodoo is a huge deal so listeners if you've never seen the Riddick trilogy and you have any interest in them at all, it's a Vin Diesel beloved. It's the only uh, ones that he actively fought for the sequels of. Like yeah. He he left Fast and Furious after one, came back to it. He left Triple X after one, did come back to it. This one he's fought for and has actually, uh, Blank Check talks about this. Apparently when he pitched Chronicles of Riddick, he came to Universal with three sealed scripts that were locked. Each script was locked. And he said, if you green light all three, I will unlock all three. But he wouldn't unlock them unless they greenlit them ahead of time. So they only greenlit one, and that's Chronicles of Riddick. So he only unlocked the ones. There's two scripts that were never used. And it's it's so – like that's that's the level of commitment Diesel has to these movies. Um, but so it's really good episodes there. Uh, I watched the first episode of What If on Disney+. Oh, yeah. Plus. I haven't um, seen that yet. I really like the first episode. You haven't seen Loki yet, sir. Yeah. Oh, uh, <laughs> no. Blame um, me. You can't really watch this <laughs> until you watch Loki, though, because there's stuff that will... It, it definitely... Uh, it doesn't directly reference Loki, so I guess you could, if you understand what like happens throughout the season of Loki, um, which you probably do, to be fair, but loki definitely there's there's stuff that is relevant not just to this but to uh the spider-man movie that you just saw a trailer for like that's definitely relevant and uh, the multiverse of madness is definitely important to yeah. see loki but i liked episode one i plan on watching all of it i just haven't got to it since then um movie wise um two of the movies uh, one of the movies on my list is because of the alex ross perry list which is burnt offerings mm-hmm. from i think 75 never seen it before um wow what a Freaking good movie, a crazy horror movie. Like, yep. just I, I take it you've seen it.
1: Oliver Reed film, yeah,
0: yeah, uh, really good. I, uh, again, I'm late to that one. Um, because I saw the Night House, which I will give a quick review for, just because that's what we promised. Um, I really like the the Night House. I think the Night House is one of those horror films that's going to heavily uh, a person will like it or hate it depending on how they take certain things in the film like oh, how they oh. read them what they're meant to be um for me that it worked and it has worked more with time like as i've sat and kind of thought about it i really have really really enjoyed it rebecca hall is amazing in the oh, movie that's good to hear um i i think it's really good i don't necessarily think it's perfect but for me it, it worked really really well i do think there's some awesome like like set pieces and like design and there's some really good scares like um my cousin and i multiple times like out loud reacted to things that happened in the movie <laughs> yes uh, so it, we were we were both very much overly positive i think uh he was a little torn at at the end of the movie and then at, after talking i think i won him over to my way of thinking about it so you did say that um, you
1: had a good chat after the film about it
0: yes yeah and uh, that was a p- big part of the reason but um after watching that and seeing the director whose name is not going to come to me now um i realized i'd never seen I knew I've never seen VHS, but I realized he was one of the directors on VHS. Mm -hmm, Um, So I was like, so here's the thing Matt. this is a a kind of fun story. I own VHS on DVD for a while. um, And not too long ago, my wife found the Blu-ray at Dollar Tree uh, and bought it for me. Um, But when she bought it, she, it got shoved with all of her Dollar Tree. She buys a lot of like Dollar Tree craft stuff and it was sitting in a shelf. So Saturday morning I'm writing my review for the Nighthouse. And I become aware of VHS. I'm like, I should probably try to watch that. So without saying anything to her, no comment to her, I go throughout my day. <laughs> it's the end of the night. I walk into my movie room, and VHS is sitting on my chair. <laughs> oh. And I'm like, well, Dude. that's scary. Um, like, And I, I'm like, it's weird that you decided to do that today. And she's like, well, I was going through my stuff. I'm like, yeah, yeah. But see, I was thinking about watching it. Like, literally, this morning, I didn't say anything to you, and the fact that you just magically put it there. Um, but <laughs> What say, I is real it. anymore? Yeah. Um, very good. I like I the did, I, It's very good. I just... The found footage stuff gets... Especially at this point, I'm kind of done on that style of filmmaking. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, it, I've seen most of them, and they, they all feel like they would be better if it wasn't found footage you know what i'm saying like yeah, very yeah, yeah. rarely i'm like this adds so much it's more like oh this is just annoying and contri- it's a, co- a contrivance that bothers me more than it helps yeah, yeah. that's not the case for all of it um in fact i think his movie uh that which is i think the best one in on the sh- the list is mm-hmm. the the hotel room
1: one. david Bruckner, the director
0: Bruckner, um, he did the ritual his, his works which i also like the ritual um his works really well because of where the camera is in that one that it's like built into like glasses. Um, I think it, it makes it feel more organic mm-hmm. at times than some of the other, like, you know, like why are they recording this like that? It made sense yeah, why yeah. they were recording. Um, but overall VHS, very positive. I've heard the second one is, is liked more overall. Well, I haven't
1: seen the second one and I love me and I love it, Horror anthology really love them, but I haven't seen that one.
0: And then there's a third one that I've heard is not good, but it's, it's VHS viral. Uh, kind of loses the whole luster of the B. Silly name as, as well. Um, but, uh, so that's that. I watched the new film, The Protégé. Um, okay. So big fan of Michael Keaton, big fan of Samuel L. Jackson. Um, I, I I want to really like Maggie Q, I believe is her name.
1: Yes, you're right. Um,
0: the movie is is not good. Um, it's, <laughs> it's watchable. Uh, there's some really cool stuff in it. I think there's a couple of good action sequences. The dialogue falls real flat, though. Um, especially there's there's some scenes with Maggie Q and Keaton that just don't they don't click. Um, it's not even. I don't think it's either one of them. It's just something. It's just not. I think it's the dialogue. I think it's it mm-hmm. just doesn't feel. But not great. I'm, I'm I am glad I saw it. Protege then Reminiscence because I enjoyed Reminiscence a little more. Damn. Um, I don't think either are bad though. I just think neither are great. Like it was it was too like you said, like m- not great dinner. And also, um, just heavy, afterwards. a little heavy. I was a little, a little like, okay, I'm done for the day. I had the Thank chance you. to uh, see the
1: protege, but I read the synopsis and it just sounded like everything I don't like in kind of modern action films. Like assassin has to go and, uh, get revenge for them. Uh, and I just thought it just sounds like a Netflix film to me, regardless of the talent involved. And it, I, I just had no interest in seeing it. So here in, but then I saw that you'd seen it and I thought, well, if you say it's great or worth it, I'll go and watch it. But I think I'm kind of glad I skipped it now.
0: Yeah. That's how I, I'm very glad I skipped don't breathe too. Cause I was already not interested in oh, it And you say it's like the worst. I'm like, Oh, perfect.
1: honestly, I couldn't stand it.
0: Yeah. Big tune. Also, was, he messaged me like in the first 20 minutes of his screen. He was like, yeah, don't see this. I'm like, Oh, <laughs> good. I mark it off the list. Um, yep. And the last thing I watch is, is actually one of the first things I watch, which is city of the dead, which mm-hmm. is our, movie club movie of the week. Um, Corey picked it, uh, because we're doing stream with me. Those are movies that are streaming and it's on shutter. Um, I had not heard of this movie. Uh, I found it really, really compelling. Super- this is just the old,
1: old one. Yes. The yeah. Old, it's like, old, yeah. uh, 60s. 50, I think
0: something like that. Yeah. Um, it, it's got, a uh, Christopher uh, Lee. Yes. Thank yes. you. I was like, I'm going to not pull this. Um, and, uh, it's witchcraft and like the small town like curse. It's it's really really cool. Very well made. Um, I, I definitely enjoyed watching that. I can't wait to talk to Corey about it. See how she felt. Nice. Um, but yeah, and that's that's what I've been watching this week, folks. Uh, what I've been consuming over here, and that is uh what leads to the last segment of the show, which is how do we week after week stay so bloody awesome it is not an easy task folks and sometimes we have to make an effort to make sure we're making an effort that's the craziness Mm -hmm. it's that meta at this point so matt what are you doing to stay bloody awesome this week
1: well it's harder for me because all john's got to do is wake up and he's already hit the heights but um i've already said what i've been doing and it is simply self-isolating for the greater good the greater good because um you know it is it's the thing to do i may or may not have it the 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 coronavirus as far as more right, i don't but it doesn't mean i'm going to flout the rules i'm going to do as i'm told um and i'm going to f- for the benefit of everybody if there's a 1% chance that um i may have been struck down by this god awful thing then i'm not going to go and inflict it on the rest of the world again i hardly doubt that is the case but you know whilst there's a chance yes so you're saying there's a chance um whilst there's a chance then no i'm gonna do the right thing we'll stay inside and again as i said off air means it means i can get on my soapbox like the people who don't vote who moan about the people in power now i buy self isolate, so i've got every reason to moan at everyone now who doesn't doesn't but it's the thing the right thing to do dude there's a pandemic going on it's not it's not going to ever go away in terms of the actual virus but it will go away a lot quicker if you know, we all kind of do our bit to help out, even if it means missing out on going to see a film like the night house and recording for the BAMP, a film, which I was quite looking forward to seeing. So however, it'll be worth it in the end when, because of me, this pandemic will cease to exist. So, um, yeah, if you get pinged, just stay inside. So that's what I'm doing to stay bloody awesome is saving the world. What about yourself, my friend?
0: Um, so I wrote enjoying the bad on our, our show notes and what Ooh. that means um, on my birthday, I watched troll 2 with some friends. Oh, Jesus, Remember that? you did and uh, my one of the friends, the friend who kind of pushed for that movie and brought all the green food um, his birthday is the 28th of this month so coming up and on the day we watched troll 2, I mentioned that you know I, the probably the worst movie I'd ever seen that was beloved. Uh, is The Room, right? Mm-hmm. Like The Room is the movie that's like Troll 2. It's so bad that people love it. It's yeah. it's entertaining. It's fun to watch. And I realized they hadn't seen it. And um, I got really excited because we have this Orlando uh, art house theater called The Enzian. Um, and I found out like a week after we saw Troll 2 that Tommy so is coming to show The Room in like <laughs> November, right? And I was like super excited only to find out immediately after it had sold out the second it went on sale like a month before. Things, right. And I was like, oh, that stinks. So knowing that we can't go to that, which would have been a really cool way to see the room for the first time for them, like with Tommy was so there I'm, I'm like, you know what? I think it's time I own the room. I don't own it. I own mm-hmm. troll one and two. So I bought the room on a uh, DVD with the express intent of that's how we're celebrating his birthday. Uh, we watched the troll on my birthday, we're gonna watch The Room for his birthday. Um, I was trying. The only thing I can like, I was reading up because people go to the screenings and they do. They have rituals, but the rituals seem pretty like boring, with the exception of throwing <laughs> spoons. Like, because they just repeat lines. I'm like, that's not a ritual. Like, that's just doing the thing just that you talking do. Talking to the, the screen. Lines. Yeah, like that's like. I was thinking it was gonna be more like Rocky Horror Picture Show, where there's like a lot of props and stuff. And yeah. there's not really uh... About, so. Yeah, and some people dress up in suits because of like the wedding sequence, and like some people bring footballs because they're constantly throwing footballs in the room. I don't know if you've
1: have you seen the room? Matt? Uh, yeah, I have, but I I'm a glutton for punishment, but I can't ever watch that film again.
0: So I'm hoping uh, that's I, the first time, the only time I've seen it in its entirety. I saw the riff tracks version of yeah. it, the, <laughs> it, and that definitely made it way more fun um and i'm I'm hoping to basically that's how we kind of watched troll too like we were talking over the movie like it wasn't we were watching it but we were definitely making jokes and having fun yeah, yeah. At, at its expense that's how i'm hoping to approach this so I'm i'm hoping that we can make it even more engaging but i am going to bring spoons uh he had more fun because it was green food that he got to bring which was at a birthday party how appropriate to bring all these food um so i i don't know i guess maybe i could look at what's inside the grocery bag that lisa unpacks on the table and try to <laughs> recreate that um I, I, you know, there's not really like a food sequence, uh, in the room. Um, oh, I football! Uh, I, I, this I could football treat you like a Super Bowl party, right? Because there are plenty of football, they're the football ball all ball the ball time. Ball. Yeah, so there you go. But um, yeah, just I, oh, hello, Mark. Um, oh, hi, John. He says, but that's we're enjoying the bad. We're embracing those movies that are so <laughs> bad they're good. Uh, because sometimes you just gotta, you can't appreciate the great in the world. If you don't know what the opposite is, right. You got to be able point. to contrast them. So uh, we're, I'm looking forward to getting them. Um, hopefully sometime this week, it's hard because we are all working so much. Um, finding, we haven't even been able to really hang out outside of my birthday. So hoping we can find a, a, a window long enough where we can watch the room together uh, this week. Um, but either way, that's how I'm saying bloody awesome is embracing the bad. Uh, that's it for this episode, folks. We have hit the end Um, Our current plan, and we kind of alluded to this already, is uh, if Matt is cleared and able to go back into society safely, (laughs) uh, we are going to be reviewing Candyman next week. Not the 1992 Candyman, the brand new uh, legacy sequel, which is a continuation of the first film based on what I've read. Yes, it is. Next week. If we can't. if. If Matt isn't able to go into the theater, or it's always possible that the same will happen to me, not in the exact same capacity because we don't have the app here, but assume if I'm somewhat quarantined, if we can't get to the theater to see Candyman, we are going to be reviewing Annette, which is on Amazon Prime. Um, I forget who the the filmmaker is, but it's somebody of note. Um, but it's got Adam Driver in it, and that's why I'm on board.
1: Yep. So I may Adam Driver, um, um, Cotillard. Forgot her name for a minute. Yes. Then I mean. Yeah, it's
0: getting interesting buzz, and it's it's a movie I've been kind of hyped for because of of Driver. So, um, either we're reviewing Candyman or a Net next week. Good chance I will have watched Annette Net by then. I don't Maybe know for sure. Sign. I might try to fit it in just because. Um, but in the meantime, we'd love to hear your thoughts on the show, the movies that we reviewed, or suggestions that you think we should watch. Um, you can follow us on social media, for example. I uh, our Instagram is Bloody Awesome Movie Pod, and on Twitter. Uh, at Bamp underscore podcast b-a-m-p underscore podcast and technically speaking we are still on the old facebook with the zucks um individually i'm at BurkeRviews.com and you can follow me on all the social medias at berk including letterbox and matt where can they find you
1: uh, go to what i watch tonight.co.uk or just search what i watch tonight across all the socials and letterboxd And if you like what we're doing
0: here at the bloody awesome movie podcast, we ask that you take just a few minutes of your time and give us that five star rating, maybe write a little review as it helps other people become aware of the podcast, which only helps us to keep doing this time and time and time and time again. So with that, we encourage you to keep watching movies and
1: stay bloody awesome.